0: river kids, picking up stones like David did, watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge. We went to church in a Detroit car, our daddies drank draft at the local bar, with a naked back just like old granddad did. And we like cold cake beer, fixing up trucks. Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Must stop by
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Marcus show. Bro, I've hopefully fixed my audio. We're not going to know until we get to the end, but uh sorry for that. Um but the show must go on. And yeah. as always, I am brought to you with my partner in crime. Ryan, are you ready for this one?
2: Oh, I'm ready. You got the me co- hyped for this.
1: The Colin Sexton to my cd osman
2: jetty osman jetty i love it it's pronounced jetty not cd yes it is correct he's turkish
1: so jetty Osman. that's why we keep you around ryan ryan buddy how's it going
2: great mark yeah we had to put that show out we worked too hard for not to put it out yes we
1: worked way too hard and i agreed with you once we got to it but uh great show we got a great show coming to you we're going to start off just me and Ryan going over some college basketball stuff and then in the second half of the show we're bringing on our first guest as a, i don't count you as a guest anymore Ryan you're now full on co-host but our first guest uh, as as a as a partnership we're going to bring on mm-hmm. our good friend Tony uh Quatman to talk about MLB lockout stuff so we'll get all into that yep. because that's been a huge say about that so. yes yeah me too um so we'll do a good 20 to 30 minutes just over the lockout. but before we get to that and, and this is again, things happen on like Saturdays that I'm like immediately like I want to talk about this now. I just don't have the time to talk about it anymore. Um, right. A historic day in college basketball this past Saturday. we saw number one Gonzaga fall to St. Mary's. We then saw number two Arizona fall to Colorado. We saw number three Auburn. Lose to line, line, line. I can't remember who they lost to, but I watched it. It was a pretty good game. Was it? Tennessee. Austin, Tennessee. Tennessee. uh, On the road. Purdue loses to Michigan State on the road. Kansas loses Mm -hmm. to TCU as the number five team in the nation on the road. And then Kentucky loses as the number six team in the nation. Um, Mm -hmm. It was – it was mayhem. It was me. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah. Um, It was right on the edge of being March. Now we are fully in March and it just seems like we're getting to that point in the season where
2: preview what to expect here,
1: dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. It seems like, like you hit certain points in seasons where like everything, you know, doesn't matter anymore. Everything flips on its head. Um, And Right, and, and that's what Saturday has done. But it's it's so dangerously close to the conference tournaments and the 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 big dance that like it's throwing me all off. You know what I mean?
2: No, I got you. Yeah.
1: Um, but throughout the week we've had a couple other like really 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 good games. Uh, a team that I thought was a, a pretty solid team, and just because I've followed them a good little bit here recently, Wyoming has had a chance to lock up uh, the Mountain West Conference with their past two games and have lost to San Diego State and UNLV both times. So they're looking like their chances of getting into the tournament are not looking good. Um, uh, And so, I mean, this is March. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, We have, as you brought up, the Horizon League uh, tournament. You want to speak a little bit on that? That's going on currently. Um, so we're getting a lot of the mid-major ones that, yeah. are, ki- that are kicking off right now. Um, and obviously, this Saturday, a lot of the big programs yeah. end their regular season. Um, so, uh, Ryan, go ahead. And and is there anything on the Horizon League you want to talk about?
2: The Horizon League uh, tournament is always – I don't want to call it a shit show, but it, it's just very – like I feel like whoever's supposed to win never wins. Yeah. that makes sense. It's usually like a five through eight seed wins. Mm-hmm. And Cleveland State is the number one seed, but there's zero guarantee that they will win it. So mm-hmm. my money, I don't know who's going to win. I would like to see Wright State win, but they've got to dig out of a 10-point deficit. Let me check how they're doing right now. Yeah, no, you're good. They are down 11 with 12 minutes to go. So we, have the, we have the Sunbelt tournament going on too
1: right now. Um, you know, so like, I mean, during the day basketball is always good like it just even though I can't watch it uh it makes me feel good knowing that there's basketball on and I can like follow some kind of sport um if I want to um but yeah it's been insane uh you know last night right now as you record uh TCU has to go back to uh, or has to go to Onfield House play Kansas again um and and the shocking thing is a lot of these teams didn't really Change in the rankings, um, like no, can, they kind of all say the same. Duke jumped. Duke jumped from seven to four, um, yeah, which
2: uh, was big. Because you're not going to drop like Gonzaga from like one to like five if mm-hmm. like you know five teams behind them lost. Yeah, so, yeah, you're going to so, kind. Everything's going to stay pretty close to what they were.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, especially this close, this so close to like late in the season. I guess it really doesn't matter because if you look at like gonzaga and the wcc tournament which i want to talk about that here in a little bit about how wild mm-hmm. that tournament is um they should win that conference tournament arizona is going to be a little bit tougher i think that in the pac 12 they're going to get team i thought i was a believer in stanford early on stanford is like limping to the end of this year um But they're going to have USC they got to deal with and Oregon out there and UCLA. Uh, So those are three illegitimate teams that can give Arizona a little bit of trouble. Um, You look at uh, Kansas, I think, in the best conference in basketball, uh, bar none, uh, in the the Big 12. The Big
2: 12 tournament is going to be awesome. I know. Um, Big 12, Big 10. mm Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a little CC, maybe. Maybe a little
1: AC just because Florida State always has the ability to like kind of show up. Um, and Notre Dame has been kind of a little bit of a darling. Uh now I'm obviously not a huge, huge Notre Dame basketball fan. I think I feel the same about Notre Dame basketball that you feel about Ohio State basketball. Um
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's yeah. just hard for me to get into it the same way I do for football.
1: Yeah. Um it's a lot. I think for both of us, it's obviously a lot closer to the colleges we went to because they have mm-hmm. Division One basketball programs that it's easier to yes. follow there. Um, yes. But uh, so uh, Big 12 tournament is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Um, you get Kansas, Texas Tech, Texas, Texas, Baylor, uh, TCU. TCU, who can beat anybody at any moment. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. uh,
2: Kansas State, anything special? Kansas
1: State. Kansas State had a couple of good wins early on. Uh, They're they're definitely not a sleepwalk team in the Big 12. Um, But like you said, Big 10, you have uh, like Michigan, if they can figure it out, getting Juwan Howard back. Ohio State, Wisconsin, who just won the regular season uh, Big 10 title. I don't know if
2: you mentioned Purdue.
1: Uh, Purdue, yes, yeah, they beat Purdue who Purdue is either really good they go as Jalen Ivey goes really, if if he's having a really good yeah. night yes. they're going to look really good if they if he doesn't, they're not um, mm-hmm. And Rutgers so, like, is pretty nice Rutgers is a good team, Rutgers at home is really awesome so I wonder how they're going to do in the tournament when mm-hmm. it's, you know, on the road
2: Indiana's pretty solid yes in, Indiana's yeah. kind of on the bubble right now mm-hmm.
1: It's so tough to tell because a lot of these Big Ten teams play so freaking well at home. Like if you get if you get uh, Indiana in Assembly Hall, uh, Iowa at home, Um, you get uh, Ohio State at home. Like they're really good home teams. It just depends on how they all play at a neutral site kind of thing. Yeah, Um, which I think is where you see the cream rise to the crop. Michigan State who kind of is on and off, but you cannot yeah. count them out like late in the Did season. Did we mention Illinois? Illinois, we haven't even brought them up yet, no. Illinois, yeah. like, um, I think I've said it with Coburn, uh, which, by the way, it's totally Cockburn. I don't care what anybody
2: says. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's if, no, he had to change the pronunciation. For 100%. C- certain reasons.
1: Uh, But Coburn, like, if he's on, he is such a dominant big man. Like, he is so much fun to watch down on the low block. Um like you look at a guy like Edie for purdue who should with his size be able to handle himself Mm -hmm. and coburn just tears his ass up it's awesome um so uh yeah you have illinois out there as well like the big 10 tournament is going to be really awesome now we're just gushing over how awesome the tournaments are going to be um acc like you said it acc is kind of top heavy with duke and if you want to throw Notre Dame in there, you can. If you want to throw in Miami of Florida, you can. Virginia Tech's a pretty good team. Virginia has shown they can hang <laughs> with with Duke. Miami's so, pretty
2: solid too, right? Yeah,
1: Miami's, Miami's pretty good. Um, so, uh, yeah, it should be really, really good. Can, can I – I've talked a, a whole bunch right now, Ryan. I just keep yeah. going on and on and on. Can you I agree. now get it off my chest about the WCC tournament? Lay it out for me. Okay. I saw this, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know this was a realistic thing. Now, in the grand scheme of things, Ryan, does this matter? Because Gonzaga is gonna win. No, correct. But when so, I know, when I, when I saw the bracket makeup, it is absolutely insane. So they start with the four lowest seeds, play each other, okay? Um, and then the winner of that plays the next two highest seeds above the top four. And then the next one of those play the three and four seeds. Okay. So if you're the 3 and 4 seed, you you're already in the quarterfinals, okay, of the tournament. Then the winner of that plays Gonzaga or St. Mary's, who are already in the semifinals of the tournament. So Gonzaga and St. Mary's obviously are top to bottom the best. You can throw San Francisco in there as well, but those two teams are the best teams in the WCC. BYU can give you some trouble. I think BYU is the four seed maybe in that in that conference. Um so uh but I know for sure San Francisco's 3 and then you have St. Mary's Gonzaga 1 2. Uh
2: the fact that those teams are pretty team, top heavy uh, conference right yeah, there.
1: Yeah. The fact that those teams just have to like Gonzaga's got to play two games and they win the tournament. Like yeah. what what is that? That that that's like crazy to me. That's insane. Right. Uh Like, I don't, I I saw that and I I was flabbergasted. Now, you could make them play seven games in that turn, in that conference, and they're still going to win. Right. Absolutely. Um, Like, I don't think they drop another one to St. Mary's, even though St. Mary's is the team that
2: can hang with them. St. Mary's, they're going to beat them once a year, but that's about it. Yeah. You're you're not going to get anything out. Gonzaga's just too good. Yeah. They're too
1: deep, too good. Chet is the real deal. Like, he's that guy that teams want. Um, because he is so versatile uh, as a shooter, and he's a really good defender. He's like he's not the same as Anthony Davis. But remember Anthony Davis, how he was just so long, even though he was like kind of undersized. Yeah, for... Anthony
2: Davis was probably the most dominant college player of the past decade. Yes, you couldn't drive because he would block everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to come, and, and you had that to team come... was pretty.
1: You had to come out to cover him when he had the ball because he could shoot mid range shots, like even as a college kid. Um, handle the ball really, right. really well. Uh so yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I, I remember what when he was at Kentucky, man, they were awesome.
2: Did they win yeah, the title? They were a Christian. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They were a Christian Watford three at the buzzer and, and they lost the SEC tile gaming, mean, they probably I don't know how much they lost by, but they were that close to being like undefeated. Like, yes, they were probably the they might have been the best team of the past like twenty years. Yeah,
1: I'm
2: Dude, not making were, that up either. No, they think.
1: were awesome. They were awesome. So, um, not saying that Chet is that, but Chet has that like, like length yeah. ability to you, play defense. Um, mm-hmm. obviously he's a little bit skinnier to play on the block, but like big mm-hmm. men nowadays. So was AD. Yeah, but big men and nowadays, actually, don't, they don't
2: look, have to play on the Look level. at Anthony Davis at like Kentucky compared to him right now. He is, like, s- yes. so skinny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's also, like, an 18-, 19-year-old kid, too, yes. still.
1: Yeah. So, a lot changes when you get into uh, <laughs> NBA programs and you're, like, 28 years old. Yeah. Uh, you're, like, 10 years into the league. So, uh, but, yeah, I think – I mean, Gonzaga's going to run away with that. I mean, there's no th- – mm-hmm. that one we're not going to be shocked about whatsoever. No. Um, but the rest of these tournaments, man, now that I get to really sit down and think about it, golly, it's going to be so good! Like, they're gonna be so The 10
2: tournament should be really good, too.
1: Yeah, it should be, and that's that's one we're gonna watch, obviously, very, very close.
2: Yes, um, and uh, we, of conference tournaments, right? State's down one currently, okay. So, no run, got the comeback coming. Yes, all right. Uh, not that this we is have the quarterfiner to... final, by the way. So, okay, so did they start it yesterday? Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Wright State's opponent was TBD until yesterday, so I cool. had to pull up with the – the championship game is probably Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, most likely Sunday, but uh, – Is Wright State hosting the game tonight? That makes sense. What's that? Is it a neutral place or is Wright State hosting right now? I think it's – yeah, I think it's at Wright State. I think the semis are in Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, Because IUPUI is hosting. I can look that up, actually.
1: Okay, yeah, while you're doing that – um. So, yeah, just – and from our side of it, you know, Dayton dropping to LaSalle was insane. At one point, I swear – I swear to God they were up, like, 20 at one point. And then I turned the game back They had an 11-point lead at the
2: half. And when I saw them, all right, they got this. This game, you know, they had this in the bag. I think they were up by as many as 15 to start the second half. And then they just – they were so bad. And like you said, attempting a three down one with 10 seconds to go, like – The most –
1: I I forgot that. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you reminded me of this, Ryan. The most maddening thing. Talk
2: about it on Saturday. Yes.
1: The most maddening thing to me in all of basketball. This is this is college and professional. And I'm going to blame him, even though I shouldn't. I'm going to blame him. It's Steph Curry's fault. The guys ruined basketball. And I I don't know. I don't (laughs) know if I've gone on this tangent before. But the most wild thing to me ever, ever, Ryan, is the fact that. College and pro teams, when they're down down one or tied, settle for a three-point shot, especially mm-hmm. when you're either in the bonus or the double bonus. Right. Drive to the hoop.
2: Get I can a- understand if they're going to drive and kick it out to a wide-open guy in the corner, but when you're taking a contested three from the top of the key with like eight seconds to go, that's a terrible shot. And you were right. They were in the double bonus. So if they would have gotten fouled, they would have gotten free throws. Yeah, like- two of them.
1: Like, it, yeah, like, it's not just the one and one where like, if you miss the first one, then you're in trouble. You're going to get two chances yeah. at the free throw. Like, oh my God, it's so freaking mad. I've seen it so many times this year, especially in college ball where it's like, what are you doing? You're tied. Yes. Get to the hole, like stop yes. settling. Or at least like, like, uh, I guess it worked out for Wisconsin when they played Purdue, but like. There were 10 seconds left, and the guy was at least attempting to drive and then pulled up to shoot a, like, deep two. Um, Not really attempting to drive. He, like, was at least trying to slash in to get a little bit closer, but he didn't dribble the ball down, stop at the three-point line, and then go. Like, right. like it's so, oh, my God, I can feel my blood boiling right now, Ryan. It's so frustrating. And it's not just because I've lost some money on it happening this year. Oklahoma you did it against Texas you frauds I hate you um but it obviously it happened to us with Dayton too where it's like right why are you settling for that and yeah like I said I'm gonna blame Steph Curry uh even though it's not really his fault but it's his, It's totally I, his I fault. get what
2: you mean though. everybody's just wants to shoot it that's the cool it was like everybody used to just want to dunk and everyone just wants to shoot threes yeah it's insane it's insane but uh Oh, and to answer your question from earlier, Wright State is hosting tonight. And if they win, they go to Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, that's why I thought, I, thought I, I was almost 100% sure that they were hosting the game tonight. Uh, but I wasn't 100% sure.
2: And they're up two right now. So I'm going to keep yeah. an eye on that. Um, so uh,
1: anything else with college basketball that's caught your eye? Uh, I'm sure we're going to get a lot more into the development of the conference tournaments next week and how they're yeah. going. And then especially uh, when
2: all like the bigger like, the bigger conferences tournaments play. Because, you know, it's all the smaller ones. So it's basically just the teams that don't get the at-large bids. These are, like, the lower-end conference yeah. tournaments. Like, who's going to be, like, a 16 seed or, 50, you know, something like yeah. that.
1: Teams that have to win their tournament to get in.
2: Yes. Um. Yes.
1: Which is I, – I do you like the uh,
2: automatic bids? I love it. I, I do. I do, too. Yeah. And, and that's what makes some of these smaller conference tournaments a, a lot more fun to to watch because these guys are just playing – just to, you know, for them making it's just good enough sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. if Ohio state or Notre Dame loses in the first round of the big 10 or ACC, it's like, Oh, well, we're, we're still going to a tournament. Yeah. And, you know, and they can still maybe win a game or two, depending on who they're matched up with or who's in their re you know, in their, in their region. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But,
1: but if you look at a team like Wright state, they need to win the horizon to get in, which yeah, makes
2: already it... in his bracketology. Cause he's said since Cleveland state's been, the best team without a doubt so he's had them pretty much as a 16 seed the whole time so yeah yeah right states will probably probably be a, a, they're two times they've made the tournament three times they were a 16 seed and they've been a 14 seed twice so they 14's pretty a best case scenario for like a right state and that would be like a 13 seed but it, yeah they're not that they'd have to be like 29 and three or you know something mm-hmm.
1: like that yeah just insanely dominant all year long <laughs> and have at least yeah. like maybe a quad two or quad three win.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, we'll get more into it in a bit. Uh, the, the only other thing I brought up to you, Ryan, that I for sure wanted to talk about today because I, yeah, go on.
2: This isn't unrelated. This is NFL combine news. Yeah. Chris Olave's, four, you know what his 40 time was?
1: Yes. four two six. Oh, my goodness. That's moving.
2: I knew he was fast, but, like. That's, that's moving. Yeah. That's moving. Now, I have. It makes you wonder what, Jam- well, Jameson Williams is coming off the ACL injury, but yeah. it makes you wonder what a healthy Jameson Williams could run.
1: Well, and they measured uh, Pickett's hands today at eight and a half. It would be the smallest in the NFL with eight and a half hand size. Did you um, see he's
2: trying to do, like, exercises to make his hands bigger? Yeah. Like, it that it's a, makes sense.
1: It's the same thing that uh, Marcus Mariota did because he's got smaller hands uh so it's like a relaxation like stretching the muscles out or whatever um i have my mm. own feelings about the combine now that we're on the topic how do you how do you feel about the combine in general how much stock do you put in the combine i should ask that
2: no the only thing i really care about or i think the only thing most people care about is just 40 times mm-hmm. like the, the, that's just the most entertaining thing that i look for i, I don't think it's that great because it's like what does it really prove? Because yeah. a lot of the the top athletes don't even like participate. They just wait for the pro day to mm-hmm. do stuff for whatever yeah. reason. And, I you know some guys can hurt like there's, st- I think some of it you know some guys are just good football players like, the combines for like these guys are just freaks in the weight room sort of thing, mm-hmm. or maybe just good track and field athletes. Yeah, because I remember like DK Metcalf destroyed the combine, and some people were like okay. Like, but he had like a really slow, like shuttle time or something, which yeah. was like slower than Tom Brady's, yeah, or whatever. Like, I don't know how much stock he put into it. And I I put almost zero.
1: Um, I mean, it is fun to see, like, don't get me wrong, I do like seeing like what these guys' straight edge 40 time is, how many times they can get up to 225. Like, yeah, all that stuff is interesting to me because they're just like freaks of nature. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to like draft, I I hate the idea that, like, oh, we're going to draft Artie Burns out of Toledo because he ran like this crazy 40 time. But then you watch him actually play football and it's like he's not
2: that great at playing football. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like the um, Byron Jones. He mm-hmm. was the dude, he plays the Dolphins now. He broke like the world record for like the broad jump at the combine just mm-hmm. casually. Yeah. I don't. The Cowboys took him in the first round because of that, and he wasn't even projected to go like in the first round. So, well, and and he's a pretty solid player. Like he's with the Dolphins now, but yeah, It's John Ross too. I mean, John. Yeah, Ross John Ross is another one. Yeah, just he yeah. set the record, and a lot of people thought he was just going to tear up, tear up the league, but he you no know, yeah. didn't do anything. Yeah, like a lot of so, Bengals fans were expecting him to do what um, Jamar Chase did this past year. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and when you watch Jamar Chase in college, like he ate up everybody
2: because guess yeah. what?
1: He's a crazy good football player.
2: Like, yeah. So that's
1: kind of the stuff that I look at. But um, it's
2: kind of like because the Browns drafted Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn last year in the third round, and he's he ran he had a faster forty time than Tyree Kill. I think he, his forty times like the same time, and a lot. Of, he played in a small role just because he's his rookie was a developmental year, but yeah, he never really broke any big or long plays or like as a kickoff returner. Lots of people I thought said that he looks he didn't look like he was that fast. He looked more slow. But.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I just I do think it's cool, but I don't you know it's whatever. It's whatever. Um, like I said, Ryan, the only other thing I wanted to get to is this. I've been trying to, I've been actively going out of my way to watch more NBA, follow more NBA. I'm doing mm-hmm. this for you. Um, <laughs> and this is not gonna be like groundbreaking stuff, but like it is one of the first things that I like has caught my eyes and come back. Now, I will say this before we get to the actual topic. Uh, I watched the uh, Warriors um, Dallas game from Sunday. What a collapse by the Warriors.
2: They dominated I that. Wa- enti- I, I watched like the last minute of the game, but yeah, the Warriors, they've lost a couple of games in a row and lots of people have been shitting on Steve Kerr. Like they're saying, Oh, he's not that great of a coach. He was just carried by, you know, having Curry, Clay, Draymond, yeah. and KD.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, cause yeah, they lost for Timberwolves the other night too. And, and they had like a big, like, I, I think it was, I
1: think the Dallas went on like a 26 to three run yeah. at one point. Like, that's insane. And then they end up losing that game like late. And it wasn't even like close, close. It was like Dallas kind of had a good comfortable lead winning the game. Um, so after leading the entire game by double digits. So that was crazy. But the, the thing I wanted to get to was this. John Morant is, is
2: without so good and just so exciting to watch. Yes,
1: Yes. He's a human pogo stick, dude. He's insane. the things he does, the plays he Mm -hmm. makes, his his change of pace ability is really, really good. Um, His passing is really, really good. Uh, His, like, relentless drive to the hole is awesome.
2: Um, Yeah. Yeah. What else do you have on him? He's, like, one of those, like, 2000s, like, point guards who plays, like, in a playground style almost kind of reckless, he's kind of like an Allen Iverson or a Baron mm-hmm. Davis where they can shoot from outside, but they're also going to attack the rim, and they're just, because John Moran's what, six two. Mm-hmm. he's got like, his vertical is amazing, because he, he, he has come so close, it's always against the Cavs when he does this, on Kevin Love, he's like the best guy when it comes to having these almost like poster dunks, mm-hmm. where like Kevin Love's trying to take a charge, he literally almost jumps over him and he'll miss a dunk, but it's like Crazy yeah. how, how high he gets up. Like, did you see his buzzer beater he had mm. with like four tenths of a second? They threw it the length of the court, jumps, catches it, and shoots it in one motion and nails it. Dude, that's he's so awesome.
1: He's mm-hmm. so awesome. He the the 360 uh layup he had around uh I think it was Demar DeRozan against the Bulls. Yes. He goes up like DeMar's going to go by shot and he 360 spins like perfectly and puts it up and made him look foolish. Dude, he is so, so good. He is so good. Now, you had brought up before, he's, I think he does have to be in the
2: MVP contention. He has to be. Memphis, they're the surprise team. They're, mm-hmm. Memphis is honestly like one of the most exciting teams to watch.
1: Yeah. I don't know if he is going to win it. I, I just don't think he will. I think, yeah. That Jokic and Embiid, with the seasons they've had, have been really, really good. Statistical-wise, I think that Jaw has been
2: just the, like,
1: flashy, awesome to watch. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. And it's kind of – this is when it – like, it's the most valuable player award. It's almost turned into, like, most statistical or even just – I don't want to call it, like, a political thing where somebody will just say, like, oh – They'll say before the season, oh, he should be an MVP candidate. And then that narrative just carries on throughout mm-hmm. the season sort of thing. Because yeah. if you would take T- uh, Ja off the Grizzlies, where would they be? Yeah. I guess you they- could say the same for Jokic because they haven't have had Jamal Murray the whole year. He's coming up, recovering from a, a torn ACL. And Michael Porter Jr. missed a fair amount of the season, too. Mm-hmm. So I can see – and Joker's been great. But Joker, you know, he, he, you don't see his – flashy high-flying dunks or him you know dunking on people or like 360 layups yeah you see the nice no look passes but he's always setting someone up he's not like doing it himself sort of thing you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, th- I think that's what ha- helps but mm-hmm. for sure for sure um yeah but it's it's
1: been fun to catch up and watch him with all that and uh
2: yeah and it almost kind of it's almost like um with this debate, because, you know, Zion Williamson has had some injury issues throughout his career yeah. and some other issues, and Jaw was taken right behind him. Are we seeing Greg Odin and Kevin Durant, like, 2.0? I mean, yeah. I think the jury's still out on Zion just because he hasn't He's played. – he's been a very, a very good player when he's played. Yeah, like, and Zion, Zion was supposed to be this coming out of yeah. Duke. Like,
1: what we're seeing from Jaw, that was supposed to be Zion, the – the highlight the the you know relentless dunking Mm -hmm. and yeah playmaking and all that kind of stuff and it's just not
2: uh, well Zion has to work on he I think he has to work on his conditioning like Mm. you know because he's had some knee issues and for a guy like he's plays up in the air and if you're going to play like that freakishly athletic style that's a lot of pounding on your knees just from all the jumping so you're going to have He's going to have to get his conditioning under control.
1: Yeah, like for sure.
2: Some doctor who verified on Twitter said at some point, you know, Zion, his camp's going to have to have a sit-down. Be like, you're going to have to, you know, really watch what you eat and your conditioning and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, he's he's looking a little bit bigger. A little, You can't play that big, can you? Right. It's almost like – it's like that, you know – who thought it was a good idea for Zion to be in a Mountain Dew commercial where he's sitting on the couch drinking Mountain Dew, eating Doritos and playing 2K? <laughs> I get, it's an endorsement, but yeah. you know what commercial I'm talking about? Yes. Yes, I do. You, you think about it, and he looks a little pudgy, in I'm like, who really thought that was a good idea when your conditioning's been a question sort of thing, yeah. you know? Terrible.
1: Terrible. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's been fun to watch, and um, obviously we're going to – uh get more and more into it as as time goes on and we get you know kind of past the the big dance because that's kind of taking all of my attention right now uh yes. so
2: i cannot but, wait for that
1: but the, the one other side to not having to go to work <laughs> yes exactly uh the other big news going on in the sports world the MLB lockout so ryan are yeah. we ready to bring on Tony.
2: <coughs> yes, we are. All right. And before you do that, Garrett Wilson ran a four three seven forty. Four three seven. She said four two six for. Four two six and four three seven. For okay. A lot they had a four two six. All right. And Wilson's speed was supposed to be one of his weaknesses. For what it's worth, so. It's worth nothing to me. I hate them both. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Uh, let's go ahead and bring on
1: Tony. What do you say? Let's, let's do it. All right. And for our first guest in this iteration of the Marcus show, bro, the Barry Clemens me. to our Austin Carr and Lenny Wilkins. <laughs> You're going way back for that. <laughs> our our, our, uh, our uh, MLB analyst, if you want to call him that, senior analyst, Tony Quatman. Tony, buddy, how's it going?
0: Doing great. How are you guys? Great,
2: Tony. Thanks for coming on.
1: Good, good, good. Well, we've been talking about me and Ryan both for a little bit that we're going to have to get into what's going on in the MLB, what's going on with the lockout, everything like that. I know Ryan's a big fan of baseball. I'm a big fan of baseball. Um, I know, Tony, that you like the I words of the Guardians as they are now, which is kind of just, you know, whatever. We'll put that away. Um, but, uh, yeah, kind of just want to look at what's going on with the players, what's going on with the owners, everything like that. So if you just want to kind of give us the base level information about what is going on with this lockout, that would be like, awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so read a lot of stuff with it here. Um, unfortunately it's very kind of bipartisan in terms of if the article is written either by mlb or if it's written by anybody else and it's for the players um obviously this is the first uh lockout they've had in was it 27 years now
2: 94.
0: 94 so it's been a long time feels really weird and quite honestly probably the worst time you would have it if you were a sport uh, which is a little bit of a pain in the butt but is what it is so anyways just a little timeline of what happened so the CBA uh, ran out on the 2nd of December so immediately the owners were like hey we're going on a lockout Uh, essentially they just have to drum up an entire new uh, contract there for it so nobody hears anything for like two months Um, you do get that little twitter thing where they would uh, talk about people that they were bringing in and their pictures would be all black because they didn't have the rights to to show them which was pretty fun on twitter for the week (laughs) or so um essentially what happened is uh, at the beginning of february uh the players association sends out an offer um and then 2 days later the MLB says hey let's get a mediator in for this and the players association were like no you know this is a <laughs> divorce we can get through this together mm-hmm. so um about a week later MLB sends the counter offer and it's like 150 pages it's something ridiculous um and it they kind of go with it. a bit, they kind of, and where they were previously. But there's just you right now getting the cancellation of games, Manfred coming out and working on his golf swing, hanging out with the reporters, and all this stuff here. So, um, obviously, as it sits, uh, no baseball, uh, which also just feels weird. Um, Yeah, so... Spring training, reporters.
1: So we... It it came up that I think the 28th was the deadline of, like, we now have to hit this date to get a CBA figured out, or else that's when the official... So we don't have to cancel
2: games or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, they didn't talk for, like, two months, like, before that. So it was kind of like... You know, they had all this... What were you doing, and, like, why does this have to take all last minute? But... I think the owners know what they're doing. Uh, Jason Hayward pointed something out. They, like, they're cool with canceling games in like April and May because weather's usually really crummy. Kids are in school, so you're not going to have a lot of big – people aren't going to be going to a lot of games in April just for those reasons like that. So they have zero reason with ca- zero issue canceling, but they just want to expand the postseason so they can get you know, those m- more money for the TV contract sort of thing.
0: Yeah, honestly, I – oops, sorry, Mark.
1: No, go on, Tony.
0: No, honestly, I didn't hate the idea of the expanded playoffs. Um, Only issue I have with that there is when the NFL calls it the super wild card weekend. Uh, (laughs) I don't consider it a wild card card game to be a playoff game. Um, So as long as we don't call it that, I'm all for an expanded playoff for the MLB.
1: See, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit. I'm going to push back a little bit on that just because now you may call me just like an old timer, old head with when it comes to this baseball stuff. But I think that what – I th- I almost a- equate it the same thing as like college football where the college football playoff is so awesome because it's so mm-hmm. like selective. There's only four teams mm-hmm. that make it. I think that like hockey playoffs are so awesome because – There's only like six teams that make it in by expanding. And it almost makes it like, like if you look at the NFL and let's use the super wild card, like, okay, I can call a spade a spade. The Steelers had no business being in the playoffs this year, zero. Okay. Um, But they still made the playoffs because of, you know, the expanded playoff. It's whatever. When you don't expand it and then you get, you know, really the top of the top teams that have played great all year long. Like, I think that makes it feel a little bit more special. Now, would I like to see the Reds make the playoffs every year? Yeah. No, duh. Like that's stupid. Do I want to see the Reds make the playoffs every year and then get waxed by the top teams in the NL? Like there's no chance. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely.
1: Um. So Tony, I, I want to come with this as well. So Uh, I want to talk about some of the issues that are going on. So I know playoffs is one. One of the other big issues, which I think they've already decided on, is the universal DH, which I'm totally cool with. Um, Like, don't make hitters hit balls. Like, or pitchers hit balls. It's that simple. Um, So can you kind of give us a couple of the other issues uh, that are holding up what is – delaying the CBA. And then we can kind of talk about those a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, um, the one other thing is MLB uses a ton of contract language words, which mean all the same thing, but are just complete sound completely different. So one of the big ones is the luxury tax. Um, essentially with that one, that's your salary cap quote unquote. Yeah. Um, Kind of the difference here is the Players Association, they want a big jump in the uh, luxury tax, allow more payroll to rosters um, and impose smaller penalties, honestly, get them paid a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Uh, MLB, they want to do small increments and big penalties, so you kind of don't develop the um, the all star teams or or whatnot there, you know, the dream teams, the Yankees.
2: the the exactly. Yankees, the Dodgers, the yeah, yeah, it's the teams that can just outspend everybody pretty much. So,
0: exactly, exactly. So the other one is, um, and this one's kind of my favorite, just because it disgusts me the most: uh, the service time manipulation. They're um, trying to get rid of that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember what happened in 2015 with Chris Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, but wasn't able to count that as like a year of professional baseball because they held them mm-hmm. out one day less than the required amount. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. He now I remember. He had a great spring
2: and he had zero, he had zero reason why he shouldn't have made the roster, but the Cubs were trying to manipulate his service time.
0: It, Absolutely. Yeah. You it, would
2: get it like for an extra year, basically. That's it, why yeah. you see a lot of top prospects get called up in June.
0: It's the same
1: thing as, as college football teams, playing guys only like five games instead of six. So that way they can still redshirt them.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: And it's the same idea. The one crazy thing is though um, with the MLB, there's 187 days in the season. Uh, the player only has to miss 15 days for it not to count in a six month period. Which is, I think, is just wild. I mean, that's eighty plus percent of the season that you have to play up, and you know, other sports like you said, even with that, you can miss half the season almost and still, um, you know, mm-hmm. be without redshirting. So crazy timeline with that one. Um, that and I, as much as I hate it, I love just the despicableness of the MLB for being mm-hmm. able to find the loopholes in that. Mm-hmm. But just terrible all over mm-hmm. uh, the other one is they're working on the minimum salary uh mm-hmm. for players there and this is kind of where in reading things you know they were saying it's the millionaires versus billionaires mm-hmm. uh, which that is the case who is presenting at the table but again you know league minimum right now is like just under five hundred thousand. um you know in the career lifetime of a baseball player You know, it may be a few years, five, six years, but I know plenty of people that make half a million dollars a year and aren't millionaires, you know, Mm -hmm. so calling it that there, I don't love that term, but they are bumping it up. Um, I don't think they've come to an agreement yet, um, but I know they're looking to bump it around the 700,000 range, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, The lottery is the other big one. Uh, that they can't come to terms with their kind of doing the NBA lottery style which I don't know do you guys like the style of that or
2: I'm not a big fan of a lottery just because in baseball you know unlike other sports like when you draft a guy he's not going to go straight to the show I mean there are rare occurrences when a guy goes doesn't ever play in the minors it happens but not too often so like who even, I don't even know, who was who the top pick in his most recent draft? I can't remember, was it some high school kid? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but I'm going to throw out Jack Leiter, because he was a top five. He he won't be in the majors until 2024, maybe at the earliest. So that's, you know, two, three years after he was drafted. So I, I don't think a lottery's worth it in baseball, be, just because you still have to wait the basically, you know, you can make trades to get, you know, more like league-ready prospects or something like that.
1: Yeah, and I to go along with that, I think in the NBA you're exactly right. Like like NBA teams can tank and then get a guy and they're great like now. Like yeah. we, we we talked about him earlier in the show, like a Ja Morant. Like he's only two mm-hmm. years in the league and the Grizzlies get him and they're great now. Where like, like you said, a team like, I don't know, like the Orioles who haven't played well, if they start to tank – they have to tank
2: for years until they see yeah. a
1: return on investment kind of thing. It's kind
2: of like what the Astros did that they basically tanked for, you know, they lost a hundred games for three consecutive years, just build up their farm system. And then, you know, boom, they became really good. And so she, it, it takes time yeah, to do that like in baseball. I mean, I know how much everybody feels about the Astros, but um, you know, baseball it's, you know, you're not going to draft that guy. And then he's going to be ready day one. Like, it took Bryce Harper, like, what, a year and a half to make it to the majors? Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: No, I, um, and I think, Mark, you said it in a previous show, uh, probably when the playoff started, but you and A.G. kind of talking about the uh, draft structure of the NFL, having, like, the first team that didn't make the playoff get that higher pick mm-hmm. there. Um, I love that idea, honestly, just across all teams, because it just brings a little bit more parity with it, you know, a little bit more um, competition. Yep. So, I don't know about the lottery pick, but yeah, to your point, the the Orioles have what tanked for the last five years, and mm-hmm. you know, when are you going to see that turnaround from it? Yeah, it's tough because, like Ryan said, you got to develop the players there. So,
1: and, and and those guys could either develop or they don't. Like, they're, they're either good or they're not. And so, like, if you tank, take right. a guy first overall, and then he is a bust, like, it doesn't happen as much in baseball because slumps just happen. You know, Like like, guys can be good and then just slump out of nowhere. We see it with the best players of all time. But, like, you know, baseball also is such a game of the brain that, like, you don't know what the, you know – the, the mindset of this 18, 19 year old kid who now has thousands of dollars and starts to slump. And then he just goes down the hole. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, and I mean, kind of the whole Josh Hamilton thing. you know mm-hmm. that, That's exactly what that story is. I mean, high, high recruit coming out of high school, college, you know, plays a few years with the Reds and then has a falling out. And, um, you know, kind of rebuilds there. My, is that right? You started out with the mm-hmm. Reds, right, mm-hmm. or yeah. ended up with them?
2: He uh, ended up with the Reds. He
0: yeah, was drafted by Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's what it is. That's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's don't right. ask me questions uh, about but,
1: sports history. Ask Ryan. That's right.
0: <laughs> that's <what I'm> here <laughs> so for. yeah, I um no, I, I th- that's exactly right. I, it's tough, maybe more in baseball because you do have the few extra years where a player has to develop. Where. They're not ready for the league. Uh, But the other thing is with baseball is kind of the arbitration, which I never fully understood what arbitration means Mm is I understand it. It's just like bonus pay in your contract after you become a veteran. Uh, So like three years into your rookie contract. And am I right with that, Ryan?
2: Something like that. Yeah. I, I I don't really know how much, I don't really understand that too well either (laughs) because Yeah, it's like there's a certain number of years you're eligible for arbitration and then it it goes up each year or something. I I think a lot of that has to do with like your value or maybe statistics too, so.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of what the last big issue I found out or read up on there was, um, and that was like the uh, pre-arbitration pool. Um, and essentially what that comes to is now uh, talking about compensating players in their first and second years for like rookie of the year, um, all-star voting, other accolades, as, mm-hmm. you know, uh, awards and whatnot there. Um, and again, that, that's for the pre-arbitration. So your first through third years. Um the one big difference here is that the MLB last time I saw were about 65 million off from what the Players Association wanted. Okay. I think they wanted the pre-arbitration to be like a 100 million and MLB came back at 35 as a, a nice soft negotiating tactic. but mm-hmm. um, so that's, I think the biggest point of contention right now with mm-hmm. the lockout uh, in terms of just pure dollar size.
1: Yeah. So, so I want to get into this because I have a ton more questions I want to I want to ask while you're on and while we have you because they're just floating through my head. But let's let's start with Rob Manfred. Okay, um, he is obviously the figurehead for oh, the yeah. owners as a as a commissioner is. They are the speaker for the owners. Now, is he just not willing to budge for the owners at all, and that's the issue, or like? What is a lot of the pushback with him as it comes to his issues with not being able to pass this new CBA?
0: Well, I think what most of it is kind of the reason um, why they haven't passed it yet is I think he's a very hands-off person until something escalates where it's too big. And he's like, now I have to get involved with it. So um, I I think that's a major point of contention with Manfred there. Uh, Honestly, I didn't hate the fact that he put deadlines on it. I know it wasn't anything that was required with that. I kind of saw that as Manfred being like, hey, I don't want to get involved. But if you guys don't come to a consensus soon, you know, we're not going to be able to start on time. So he creates that deadline with it there. Now, his reasoning, whatever you want to believe with it, he's saying that spring training has to be about four weeks uh, just because what they saw in COVID, uh, the 2020 season, the injuries they had then and whatnot. So I don't know if I believe all that, but, you know. Most players are, like, working out
2: right now anyway. So it's not like they're just sitting on their butts, basically.
0: Well, exactly. And um, so – It's, I don't think that's the issue of that there, but I didn't hate the idea of it. Um, You know, they talked about meeting for like 16 hours on Monday, I think it was. Um, (laughs) And you're not even any closer. You know, someone's not trying here. Yes. uh, There's just really no other way to say that. It's pretty obvious who's not trying. Exactly. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the Players Association is being a little too tough right now, not budging on anything. Uh, but also when the MLB compromised, you know they they took the gap from seventy million to sixty five. So they're not really doing any favors either. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
1: yeah, and, and this seems like it's not just a now issue. This seems like there's there's been issues with the with I guess the past CBA for the past couple of years, um, and there's been issues in the past with. I mean, obviously this isn't the first lockout we've seen in the Major League Baseball. Um, but like, it seems like there's been issues with the players association with the owners more, more recently than there hasn't been, you know what I mean? And I think we did see it come up a lot more in the COVID year with how are we going to protect players? How are we going to compensate players? What's the travel going to be like? Because at the time, so many things were unknown about COVID and all that kind of stuff. So like this, I I don't, I, I don't know if I'm framing this question right to you, Tony, but I guess what I would ask is. When did we start seeing these issues become more? And was it the COVID stuff?
0: No, I don't think so. I think really, if you kind of want to go back to something, you could either start with the juiced balls or the whole Astros conspiracy. I think that's where the root of it kind of started with Manfred. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him just calling the
2: ahead. World Series trophy a
1: piece of metal. I hated that. Exactly. God, I hated that. But go on, Tony. I'm sorry. But you're about to just, get me you're about to round, get me but... You're about to get me riled up again, Ryan. I hate it. <laughs> I hated that so much, but go on, Tony
0: that's just it and and the man i don't think means anything by it i just think he is delusional sense he has no sense of his surroundings with things i don't think he likes
2: baseball like (laughs)
0: that's
2: such a wild wild statement he's been asked that too and and he kind of like didn't directly answer it he just dances around it that's the most wild statement i've ever heard you say
1: Ryan. (laughs) oh shit. I've, I've heard that from people say that like i'm not the first person
0: to come up with that believe it or not
1: all right all right tony keep going keep going keep going no, you're
0: totally... <laughs> But it's sure. I mean, I would not be surprised if we find out that this man is doing it for just a simple paycheck. Mm-hmm. I mean, the problem is, is you have with the MLB, unlike any other sport, um, you have the most visibility as a player. I mean, you're not wearing, you don't have a helmet on, you're not covered in pads, you know, your face is on the Jumbotron three, four times a game. Plus anytime, you know, you do something special, uh, but there's no popularity in baseball. And I think that was a big point of contention for a lot of fans too, is I remember they, that fans on Twitter couldn't share be posts. And so how are you going to grow the sport when you can't let the influencers or, you know, whatnot kind of spread what's going on? I mean, I'm sure if I went into the other room and asked Kenzie who uh, I don't know, uh, Mike Trout is, I'm sure she wouldn't have a clue, but yet you're talking about one of the most pro- touted players in the game today. Uh, you know, they're saying top five, top 10 of all time. So there's just such a, Manfred's done such a terrible job and just kind of had everything on cruise control. I think that's really where you're seeing the issues. But um, just, he didn't sanction Houston, but he's practically sanctioning the entire. Uh, Players Association. So I don't know where you draw the line on that either.
2: Love how you brought up Mike Trout, Tony. I just saw this on Twitter from Danny Valencia, who's a former player. Mike Trout's, without a doubt, probably the best player in baseball. And would you call him the, the face of the game?
0: I think that's a loaded question. I think he should be the face of the game. Okay.
2: Well, he has 1.2 million followers on Instagram. Tyler Hero, who's in average role player in the NBA's got like over 2 million. What does that tell you? Baseball has a Baseball doesn't market their stars very well at all. No. No.
1: no. Uh can 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 I interject real quick? Go right ahead, Mark. I'm a big Shohei otani guy, that's all I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on.
0: <laughs> I love Shohei. Shohei's great. One of those two Honestly, they should make, you know, right now, I think Shohei, like, if he was the face of baseball, that would just be huge, Mm -hmm. Um, just because he's so versatile, and he kind of got a little bit of swagger with him while he's doing it, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just with that there. So, and I think, I think think having
1: a West Coast team, he's on a West Coast team, too, which I think helps, like, you don't get the East Coast bias of a Yankee or a Red Sox or a Met. Right.
2: like, the issue is with, like, Mike Trout is he's only made the playoffs one time in his 10-year career. So, you know, you're not talking about him in, like, October when maybe more people are following or paying attention to baseball sort of thing. And, compared to and, somebody like, you know, Bryce Harper, who's you know, he's consistently been on better teams than Mike Trout has. And they're both so, angels. Go on, Mark. Sorry. They're both angels.
1: Like, is that insane? Yeah. Is that insane to say out loud that like, oh, we're arguing about who should be the face of baseball and they're on the same team? (laughs) That's crazy. But, Tony, go on, go on, go on.
0: No, and all right, uh, this is going to piss off a lot of baseball fans, so I'm sorry. Uh, The game's too long uh, with today's standards. You know, you take football, you take basketball, basketball usually runs you know at longest it's one minute straight uh Mm -hmm. that you'll have but then there's a stoppage commercial break get your mind off it get you allowing to scroll through twitter baseball there's always something happening but it's the slowest thing in the world Mm -hmm. Um, and on top of that how many people have three and a half hours to devote towards a weekday game when you have you know work going on and whatnot and baseball has 162 games it's just as easy to say i'll catch the next one Mm -hmm. Um, i don't think you change anything with that because i I would say i'm a little bit more of a firm believer of the classics of baseball Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a long season makes it kind of tough for you to get invested in it it uh, is the games really don't matter especially like if you're rooting if your team's a last place team come like
2: Mid-July, you know, you're just ready for football to start. Like, you probably just kind of lost, you know, interest because you know your team's not going anywhere. I just think the thing I don't like is when they're talking about banning the shift. Like, Joey Gallo saying, oh, that should be illegal. They're putting all these guys on the left side. Here's an idea. Go the other way or bunt. I guarantee you, if Joey Gallo were to lay down four bunts in a game, they, they, they would stop shifting on him. Like mm-hmm. Robinson Cano had a bunt double in 2019 on a shift. So you want to stop the shift, bunt, go the other way. It's it, just, it's like telling NFL teams they can only run a 3 4 defense. Exactly. Like exactly. that's insane. That's insane to me. It's like adjust your game. Like, yeah, just quit, you know, because a guy like him is home runner, strikeout, basically. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I absolutely agree. And I mean, you don't get quite as much room as a defense to shift over, but you're allowed to move in the box. You know, if you're a pool hitter, you got to understand that ball is probably coming inside. They're throwing that inside on purpose because (laughs) they want you to exactly. So why aren't you scooting outside more towards the outside of the box so that that inside pitch now comes up the middle, just, you know, the batters have the ability to adjust as well. I think, um either a the pitchers have gotten too good or B they're just kind of complacent because of the uh, advanced analytics tell them yeah that, hey you hit 20 points higher uh, when you're a pool hitter so mm-hmm.
2: I, it's the whole launch angle and stuff like that
0: yeah right yeah uh, so
1: Tony I have a couple more questions before we get off here uh, and this has been so awesome and I cannot thank you enough because it's been fantastic um, so, we all obviously Dayton uh Dayton guys, the Dayton Dragons are starting on time. So, how was that uh, able to happen with no major league CBA happening? Do you have any idea? I'm kind of putting you on the spot right there, and if you say you don't know, then
2: that's totally cool.
0: I think Ryan does. I'm going to let Ryan take this one for yeah.
2: me. Only if you're on the 40-man roster, you're eligible. Because uh, I saw uh, cuz I was Evan says he's going to get like some minor league baseball TV package so we can watch games. I'm like – because I guess they're separate. But if you're on the 40-man roster, then you're ineligible to play. So lots of top prospects are kind of screwed over right now. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. that That's why, basically. You have to be um, on the 40-man roster. Okay. For the major league team? Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, and so I guess my last question would be this. Uh, when – If you had to put any kind of timetable to it, do you think this issue gets solved? Or does it not get solved sooner rather than later? Because we saw it with, like, we've seen it in the NBA, not so much like the same thing. But, like, you're going to start losing money if you don't figure out how to play games. And I think Ryan has a point of, like, hey, if we lose some of these early ones, that's whatever. whatever. And even the player said, we'll do doubleheaders. The owners don't want to do doubleheaders. So, like, you're the owners are going to start losing money in their pockets when the players want more money in their pocket. So this comes down to, Tony, when do you think there's going to be any kind of budget?
0: Uh, probably the hardest question. You can have this one. I, I think it's to be, and I'm sorry for the canned answer, but I think someone's got to break first. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who it's going to be, uh, but I think somebody has to... I wouldn't be
2: surprised if we saw like a, a May opening day.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's going to have to come players before. Right. And I'll be left there. Here's the other thing, though. Um, the problems, uh, kind of these debt instruments that they have there, um, that each team um, can pull from this kind of as a loan, if you will. Um, but it's Got a few billion dollars in in the pool there so mm-hmm. the mlb owners they can live with actually not playing at all this year um mm-hmm. it's gonna hurt but they can afford to do it that's where you kind of see and the worst part of this too that that you know i think i saw it on spectrum but the idea of what about the small businesses that trickle down that need this here um i know cleveland opened up a um a restaurant um uh, there's a little brewery type mm-hmm. thing. Um, but it's a little brewery type beer restaurant, which why they didn't call it the Beer Guardians, don't know. Huge mess on <laughs> yeah. the name. But that's that's whatever. But that, that's the real issue that you're saying is the people who rely on baseball. Yeah, like stadium there. employees if I had too, to give you, you know. an exact... Right, exactly. So if I had to give you a day, Um, I would say we probably come to agreement sometime in March, uh, because now the pressure's on, uh, I think the players association is going to break a little bit sooner than the MLB will. Um, and like Ryan said, games by around May 1st, I, I think that's not, that's not too crazy. Okay.
1: Okay. Um, well, this has been awesome. Hey, very, very last, last question to both of you. And I just want a yes or no from both of you. My favorite baseball player of all time is Shane Bieber during the during the COVID year. He was awesome and I won so much money off him on on unders. So, yes or no, are we going to get Shane Bieber COVID year this year again? Yes. Yes. Love it. I'm taking every under. God, I love it so much. All right, well Tony, thank you so so much. I cannot thank you enough for giving us your time. This is the first time and it's definitely not going to be the last because we're going to do this way more Absolutely. often whenever you want to come on. And if you say, I never want to come on again, then this will never happen again. But
0: that's totally up to care. you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but No, I had a had a lot more fun than expected. Uh, not that I didn't expect to have fun. I did. Yeah. I was just a little nervous getting behind the microphone. Um, but I really appreciate you guys bringing me on. Um, and uh, no, this was great. Can't wait to do it again.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. But uh, to you, Tony, to you, Ryan, thank you so much. To the listeners, thank you all so much for listening. Remember to subscribe, download, rate, review, do all those awesome things. And uh, we're going to catch you next time.
2: Thanks for listening.